0: In lockdown. Don't venture away from your radio. Don't go outside. Don't get infected. Welcome to Quarantine. Quarantine Radio Theater brings you new productions of old-time radio as well as new productions of original material. So, dim the lights, sit back, and close your eyes. We are in quarantine.
1: Hello and welcome to the season two finale of Quarantine Radio Theater. We've been doing this for a little over a year now uh, and it was something that we kind of started for our own amusement and to keep our acting abilities as sharp as we could through radio and uh, it has really taken on a life of its own and now we are listened to worldwide. Uh, We really do appreciate your listening and checking in with us and the likes on YouTube and if you care to please share this with your friends. Um, We have a lot of fun doing it. We've got some pretty good response from you all so we're hoping to keep it going. My name is Bill Burke and I am the selector and the director of this week's show. Uh, I really love the old comedies um, especially Burns and Allen and that's what this week's show is. Uh, I told the cast when I started this two things, one that I was going to try and cast against type, which is why Megan Noll, who is very, very strong with the the strong, centered, intelligent women, I cast as Gracie, who is, uh, to put it nicely, a bit of a ditz. Um, And then Sherry Hawkins, who I've had the pleasure of being on stage with two different times. Uh, is one of the nicest, sweetest, kindest people I know. So I cast her as a gal who is a raging... um, And both of those ladies killed it. Um, They knocked it out of the park. For the rest of the cast, I told them to have fun. If you have an accent you want to try you've never done before, do it. If you want to do something to your voice different than you've done before, do it. This show was for us to really get a chance to play and hopefully uh, well, I believe it's come out really well hopefully you'll feel that way too I do want to say a quick uh, shout out to two of our members, our, the big cheese Brant McCants who was the guy who actually put us all together got us all together over a year ago to start this project and Allison Beach both of them are our uh, tech people they put these shows together for us They take the recordings that we have done in our separate homes or cars or garages, depending on how many animals and kids are running around, and they splice them together. They look for the sound effects and the music that goes with it, and they are responsible for how good these shows sound. So I want to give a big thank you to them as well. Now, I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode and definitely want to check out, you definitely want to check out our Season 3 Opener. I can't say much about it, except you may want to listen to it with someone else in the room.
2: Thank you. It's late afternoon at the Burns, and a very hungry George is just arriving home for dinner. He hurries up the walk, reaches for the doorknob, when suddenly, from inside the house... Holy smoke, Gracie's being murdered.
1: Gracie, what happened?
3: Nothing, dear. I'm just listening to my favorite radio mystery, the tall man. We got you this time, tall man.
1: You like that? Shut that off.
3: Well, what's the matter?
1: Gracie, stop with these radio mysteries. I'd like some dinner. I'm hungry.
3: But I want to listen to the tall man.
1: Nuts to the tall man. How about the hungry man?
3: Oh, I haven't heard that program. When is it on?
1: I'm the hungry man.
3: Oh.
1: I'm starved.
3: Oh.
1: I'm famished. I could eat a horse.
3: Oh, well then, you should have called me from the office. I was planning on lamb chops.
1: Yes, look, Grace.
3: Oh, quiet, dear. I want to finish listening to the tall man. You remember, it's about that marvelous detective named Rudy and his darling wife, Trudy.
1: Yes, a darling girl, yes.
3: Oh, she's just charming. They're so in love. Right in the middle of a murder, they lean over the victim and hold hands.
1: Yeah, they're romantic.
3: Oh, yes. It's so exciting tonight. I'll turn it on again. Rudy and Trudy have been captured by the master criminal. He has them chained in a dungeon, and he's torturing them.
1: (laughs) Ha! Well, that I'd like to hear. Shh!
2: Are you afraid, Trudy?
3: That's Rudy.
1: Yes, I guess that, yes.
3: Not when I'm with you, Rudy. That's Trudy.
1: I know, I know.
3: I can't bear to look, Rudy. What torture is he using on you? He's burning the soles of my feet with red-hot irons. Does it hurt, darling? I find it rather annoying. Oh, Rudy's so brave.
1: I'll call him Spunky after this.
3: What is he doing now, Rudy?
2: He's pouring molten lead in my ear.
3: Does it hurt? Beg pardon? Is it frightfully painful? Well, I'm I'm beginning to get bored. Care for a kiss, sweetheart? Naturally. (laughs) Oh, Rudy's so romantic.
1: He's a romantic chap,
2: yes. I think I shall break these chains and capture this ruffian.
3: Do that, Rudy.
2: I shall, Trudy. Oh,
3: Rudy's so strong.
1: Oh, he's a brute, yes.
3: Stand back, tall man. I got you covered with my Tommy gun. I'm not impressed. Take that! <laughs> oh. How splendid, Rudy. Now, how shall we escape from this dungeon? Simple, Trudy. I shall take the springs from that bed and build a radio broadcasting station.
1: Oh, no. And then we'll radio
3: for assistance. Oh, Rudy's so brilliant.
1: Smart as a whip,
3: yes. You're the most amazing man, Precious. Thank you. Would you care for a kiss, sweetheart? Naturally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Shut that thing off. Shut it off. Shut it off.
3: Oh, aren't they wonderful, George?
1: Yeah, they're wonderful. Wonderful. Now, how about some food? I'm starving.
3: Oh, food. The tall man and his wife would never bother with food. They're too busy discovering murders and grilling suspects.
1: All right, grill me a suspect. I'll eat that.
3: Oh, George, why can't you be more like Rudy the tall man? Does he yap at his wife about cooking and things like that? No, he's romantic. When he comes home, he kisses her hand.
1: All right, stick your hand up to my mouth.
3: With your appetite, I wouldn't dare. Well, all right, dear, all right. I'll show you how quickly I can get domestic. Now, how would you like some nice lamb chops, mashed potatoes and gravy, fresh asparagus, green salad, and apple pie? Great. All right, I'll call the Brown Derby and make a reservation.
1: You really... you really got domestic there.
3: Hmm.
1: Oh, brother, I can eat a horse.
3: Hello? Is that you, Dave? Yeah. What's on your mind? Oh, darn it. Someone else is on the line. Hey, listen, Dave. We've got a little job to do. Gotta get rid of a rat. Oh, it's a couple of killers.
1: Well, hang up.
3: Okay. When do we do the job? How about tonight? We'll collect overtime. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna kill a man tonight. Oh, stop. Where is the rat. 360 North Camden Drive. Meet me there in two hours. What if there's no one home? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll call and check on that. Okay. What's it gonna be? Poison? Nah, nah. That's too slow. I gotcha, Pete. I'll see ya then. So long. (gasps) I heard it. I heard the whole plot to murder a man. Well, we've got to warn him, George. Where's 360 North Camden Drive?
1: That's our house.
3: Oh, good. Let's go. Oh, George!
1: What's the matter?
3: The killers are after you.
1: Gracie, you've been listening to too many of these crime programs. You're imagining this.
3: Oh, they're here already. It's the killers.
1: Oh, it's Bill Goodwin. I saw him through the window. Come in. Hi, Burnses. What's new?
3: Oh, Bill, they're going to shoot George.
1: Why? Did he break a leg? I wish it had been the killers.
3: Oh, Bill, this is serious. Someone's out to get George. And I know how those killers work. They'll shoot him and stab him and strangle him. Then they'll put him in cement and drop him in the ocean. And George can't swim.
1: Yes, and it's bad for my rheumatism. Gracie, relax. Nobody is after me. I'm an entertainer. Every week I sing and tell jokes to 20 million people. Who'd want to kill me? 20 million people. Bill, please remember who pays your salary. You're not working
2: for Hope now. No, that's right. Now I'm working for charity. Why, you... Listen!
3: Boys, boys, how can you fight among yourselves when George's life is in danger? Bill, why don't you be George's bodyguard?
1: Thanks, but I don't need a guard. No, but you could sure use a body. I don't believe any of this killer stuff.
3: Who? Hello? Hello, is George Burns there? Uh, yes. George, it's one of the killers.
1: Oh, stop kidding. Give me the phone. Hello? Burns? That's me.
3: (laughs) just wanted to make sure that uh, you were home. See
1: you at nine o'clock. You were right. The killers are coming for me.
3: Oh, George, I think I'm going to faint. Oh, darn it. He beat me to it. Oh, George, what'll we do? The killers are coming for you.
1: Yeah, any minute now. Somebody will take a pot shot at me.
3: Yeah, get your stomach away from that window.
1: Gee, who can I turn to for help?
3: Oh, I don't know. Oh, I've got it. I know just the one who can save you. The tall man.
1: That's a radio program.
3: But I read in a magazine that Rudy and Trudy are really man and wife. And I know where they live. Come
1: on. Gracie, listen. Radio stars are not the same in person as they are on the air. On their programs, Sinatra's skinny, Jack Benny is stingy, and Eddie Cantor is an old man. But have you seen them in person?
3: Yeah, and that clinches my argument. Come on!
1: Yeah, let's go.
3: Oh, well, here's the tall man's house. I'll ring the bell. Rudy can save you from those killers. He's so strong and brave and clever. Well, what is it? Are you, uh, Trudy? That's right. What do you want? Well, we want to speak to your husband, the tall man. Hey, Rudy! You've got visitors. Oh, not now, Trudy. I'm in agony. This hangnail is killing me.
1: A hangnail bothers the tall man?
3: Oh, there, there must be some mistake. I know he's brave. <laughs> Look at this piece of skin dangling down. My own skin! It's almost an eighth of an inch long. I told you I'd cut it off. No, 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 no. Don't touch me with those awful scissors. Oh, I faint.
1: Hey, he's brave. Look, let's go, Gracie.
3: <laughs> what can I do for you? Please make it brief because... <sighs> i'm suffering dreadfully oh yes a hangnail can be painful i suppose you hurt your finger when you knocked out a bunch of gangsters ha tell him how you did it stupid i was trying to open a jar of peanut butter spilled it all over the floor too well it was too heavy for me would you stop making excuses you're clumsy that's all but i i I thought he was so smart about doing things with his hands, like making a radio set out of the bed springs. Him? Old Butterfingers?
1: Sure. He dropped the peanut butter.
3: I'll never forget the time I asked him to put a bulb in the lamp. He broke it. All. To pieces. That was your fault. You should have told me which end of the bulb to screw in.
1: Let's get somebody else to help me. I don't think I got a chance.
3: No, no.
1: I think I'm ruined if I get this kid.
3: Rudy. My husband is in danger, and we thought that you might be his bodyguard.
1: What'll I do?
3: Oh, what's the matter? Look, crawling on the floor, a bug! Want me to kill it, Strongheart? No, no, just shoo it out. You know I can't stand the sight of oh, blood. Oh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Well, um, I did want you to guard my husband, but... Somehow in person, you don't seem to be like you are on the radio. I should hope not. That tall man is such a brutal character.
1: Yes, he's a bad man.
3: I'd be much happier if they'd let me play Henry Aldrich. He'd be happy if they'd let him play Ma Perkins. Now you stop teasing me, Trudy. It's time to put another cold compress on my finger. Okay, stick it out. There.
1: Yeah, it's cold. It's cold.
3: I'm freezing to death. I just can't stand it.
1: Yes, it's cold. It's cold, that compress.
3: Will you stop yelling or will I slug you? (sighs) All right. I'll be brave. Would you care for a little kiss, sweetheart? Oh, shut up.
1: Come on, Gracie. Let's get out of here.
3: Tall man couldn't help us, Meredith, so now it's up to you and me to save George's life.
0: Is that why we came down here to the underworld, Gracie?
3: Yes. This is the same tough saloon we were in last week. We'll ask questions and find out who's after George.
0: I get it. We'll pretend to be crooks again.
3: Right. Hey, you, bartender, let's have some soy
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, what'll it be?
3: I'll have a beer. What kind? Root.
0: Yeah. Haven't I seen your face uh, someplace else?
3: No, it's always been right here in the front of me head.
0: Yeah, I'll remember you. You were here last week. You said your name was uh, Gracie Cartraz.
3: That's me, sister to Al Want some information.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is the, uh, how you say, dope?
3: He's my friend, Meredith Wilson.
0: Yeah. What do you want to know?
3: Well, there's a couple of killers trying to knock off a pal of mine named Pretty Boy Burns. I want protection for him.
0: Never heard of him.
3: Here's his picture.
0: Oh, pretty boy? Yeah. Yeah!
3: I, uh... I want to know who's trying to kill him and why.
0: I know nothing about it.
3: Oh, won't talk, huh? Suppose I have Meredith work you over.
0: He ain't man enough to hurt the flea. Yeah! Hey, look, I do not know nothing. If you want some protection for Burns, why don't you uh, get him a couple of flat feet?
3: No good, he's already got a couple.
0: Oh, that does it. Uh, Would you get out of here, sister? Yeah!
3: Come on, Meredith. Hold still, George, while I put these false whiskers on you.
1: Gracie, do you think this plan will work?
3: Well, certainly. You've got to escape from the killers, and a disguise is the only way. Nobody will know you disguised as an old man.
1: What are you doing now?
3: Well, I'm drawing wrinkles on your face with my eyebrow pencil. There. Now put on these spectacles and take this cane.
1: Well, how do I look?
3: Your own wife wouldn't know you.
1: I'm not so sure.
3: What did you say, Edgar?
1: Uh... Edgar?
3: See? Your own wife doesn't know you.
1: Yeah. You didn't recognize me.
3: Now, don't be afraid to open the door, dear. No one will recognize you.
2: Good evening, Mr. Burns.
0: Here's a special delivery letter for you.
3: Uh, Postman, don't you, uh, notice something different about George?
0: Yes.
2: I've never seen him looking better. Better? You look so much younger
1: than usual. Goodbye, Mr. Postman.
2: Goodbye. And remember,
0: (laughs) keep smiling.
1: Come on, let's get this disguise off me. I've got to think of a plan. The killers will be here any minute.
3: Yeah, I've got it. I'll put a dress on you and disguise you as a woman.
1: They'll see right through that.
3: Not if you wear a slip under it.
1: Well, nuts for that. I'm through with disguises. Let the killers come. I'll fight them man to man. I'm not afraid.
3: Oh, darling. There they are. Shall we open the door, George? George? Jo- George, come out from under the divan. Half of you is still sticking out, and it makes for a very tempting target.
2: Hey, what goes on here? Why don't you open the door, one of What's George doing under the couch? Developing pictures?
3: No, he thought you were the killers, Bill. They're due any minute.
1: Yeah, Bill. I've only got a few more minutes to live. My whole life is flashing before me. My childhood. The day I became 21. The day I went to war.
2: Tell me, George. Was it tough at Gettysburg?
1: That's right. Joke while
2: the killers come closer and closer. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean this stuff about the killers is really on the level?
3: Well, certainly it is.
2: Well, why didn't you two say so? I'll save you, George. I'll set a trap for those guys. Wonderful. Now, Gracie, give me a long piece of string, a shotgun, and a kettle full of boiling water. I'll fix those killers. Oh, right away, Bill. How does the trap work, Bill? Well, as the killers turn the doorknob... Yeah? ...it pulls the string... Yeah? ...which sets off the shotgun... It shoots the killers. No, no. No, huh? Something
1: else happened to the killers, yes?
2: Yeah. Now here's what happens. It shoots a hole in the kettle and lets the boiling water run out.
1: And it runs on the killers? No. Not yet.
2: It runs into a percolator and makes a pot of Maxwell House coffee. What happens to the killers? They smell the coffee and make a beeline to the kitchen to get some.
1: They forget all about me.
2: Sure, sure they forget. Can you blame them? Maxwell House is rich, delicious, and mellow. That famous Maxwell House flavor you know is the result of careful selection and blending of premium Latin American coffees. Radiant roasted to perfection. It's no wonder more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee in the world.
1: Bill, are you just going to let the killers sit
2: there and drink the coffee? Oh, no, no, George. Of course not. Oh, you got something? Yeah. I thought so. You see, this is National Donut Week. We'll give them some donuts, too.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's it.
2: What a combination!
1: That's a good trap.
2: Donuts and Maxwell House coffee. And a new partner for Gracie, cause I'll be dead. Maxwell House is the very best in coffee-drinking pleasure, yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee you can buy. That's why Maxwell House is a choice of so many millions of Americans today. They know today's coffee buy is Maxwell House. The coffee that's always good to the last drop.
1: Bill, I don't think too much of your plan.
2: But George, except for one little flaw, it's a wonderful plan.
1: Yeah, but when the killers get through with the donuts and coffee, they'll murder me. That's the one little flaw. Outside of that, you got something.
3: Here's the string, Bill, and the kettle, and... George!
1: What? What happened?
3: The killers! The killers! The killers? They're coming up the front walk. (laughs)
2: What'll I do? Where can I hide? I know, the closet. No, no, George. Don't go in there. You're gonna face these killers like a man. You're not gonna hide in that closet. Why not? Because that's where I'm hiding.
1: My pal.
3: Oh, they're almost to the door, George. Now they've stopped to look at the address.
2: I'm
1: gonna hide in the cellar. Tell them I'm not here. Get rid of them.
3: No, George. Bill, come back. Come... Oh, all right. I'll face them alone. I'll save George from those killers. Is this the right place, Dave? Yeah, 360. Let's make this a quick one, Pete. Well, shouldn't take us long to get rid of one rat. Nah, nah, it ain't like a termite job. The jobs I hate are them silverfish. Well, ants and moss ain't no bargain either. Uh Uh-huh. What a lousy racket we're in, huh? You know, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't be an exterminator. Eh, me neither. Hey, uh, when did this guy Burns call about the rat in his cellar? Oh, that was more than a month ago. well, you know how the orders pile up. When I spoke to him today, he acted like he'd forgot all about it. Well... Come on, come on. Let's get it over with. Uh, come in. Uh, we called you today, lady. We're here to, uh... Yeah, yeah. I know why you're here. Okay. Where's the rat? He... he went to Florida. Florida? Doctor's orders. We got no time for jokes, lady. That rat's in the cellar, right? How did you know? We make our living this way. Let's get busy, Dave. Oh, wait. Wait, please don't kill him. What's eating you, lady? I love that little rat. You love him? Hey, look, lady, you're kidding. No. No? Well, ain't he a pest? No. Well, don't he sneak around at night and eat up all the food? Don't he cost you money? Well, yes, but... I love the little rat. Look, look at it this way, lady. Don't it scare you when he see them little beady eyes looking at you, and them, them little gray whiskers a twitching? Huh? Yes, but I love the little rat. Well, for Pete's sake, why? Stop talking like my mother. Huh? I love him because he's mine. I've nursed him when he was sick. Shared his sorrows and joys? He's my Boopsy Boy. You, uh, you call him Boopsy Boy? Yes. Well, it's a nice name. Oh, he's wonderful. You should have seen him in Vaudeville. Vaudeville? Uh-huh. Sounds like an educated rat. No, no, he never got past the fourth grade. Hey, look. What do you make of this, Dave? Nuttier than a fruit cake. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, oh, look, lady. <laughs> we won't hurt the little fella. Nah, look, we'll just give him gas. He won't feel nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we'll pick him up by the tail and, uh, carry him out. Yeah.
2: This I gotta see.
3: Hey! Who's this guy just popped out of the closet? He's Boopsy Boy's best friend. You and the rat are friends?
2: Oh, sure. I've known the little guy for years. We wear each other's neckties.
3: Another loony. Let's get out of here. Oh, no, nuts to that. I'm here to kill that rat, and I'm gonna go down in the basement and do it. Oh, no. No, please. Get away from that door. Hey, come on, Dave, come on. We're getting out of here. What happened, Pete? Well, if you think those two are nuts, you ought to see the idiot they keep in the basement.
1: Thank you for being with us again tonight. I hope you enjoyed Defending the Rat from Burns and Allen's radio show. Our cast tonight... Marvelous Megan Knoll played Gracie. Meredith and the bartender were played by Killer Kelly Hoagland. Bill Goodman was played by audacious Andrew Richards. Rudy was played by badass Brian Kapler. Trudy was played by the charming, I know, lame, Sherry Hawkins. The villain on the radio show was played by the effervescent Emily Schneider. Are exterminators Dave and Pete? Pete was played by the amazing Allison Beach, and Dave was played by the mm, meticulous Megan Colosyche. Yeah, I know, not great. And Happy the Postman was played by Sean Chevalier. My name's Bill Burke, I played George burns in this episode i was the director as i said before i hope you enjoyed this gave you a little laugh uh, look forward to season three coming up i know we are and we hope to see you then thank you good night